Well, hello, hello, friends. Welcome to the Homestead Journey podcast. This is your host, Erin Whalen. Um, I moved 2,000 miles across the country almost a year ago now from Washington State to Tennessee, and I share my journey of doing that on this podcast, how we moved, all the information to how we are setting up our homestead, um, and just living the homesteader life, which has just been such a journey, a blessing. I don't, it's not a curse, but just like there has been a lot learning curve. There has been some frustrations, but overall we are really enjoying it. We're leaning into the hard, we're leaning into how amazing um, this opportunity is and what it shows us daily about our resourcefulness, our strength, and our capacity to learn and grow and to solve problems. We are problem solvers over here. I think that's part of what homesteading is, is problem solving. And now you do not have to live on a homestead on 100 acres like we do to be a homesteader. You can be a homesteader, an urban homesteader. You can be one in a um, sky rise in New York. It is a mindset, is it a mentality? It is how you source and shop for your food as well as what you grow. So I don't think that, you can really define homesteader by where they live. It is who they are and kind of their personality and what uh, goals you have, I guess, and aspirations of how you want to live and conduct your life. And so I welcome all homesteaders here, wherever you may be today. And we are going to talk about, um, we're going to talk about winter garden prep, um, January, February, what you need to do, um, and just some ways to help get us through these winter months. Now, I do want to say today that this um, podcast is in sponsorship and partnership with Washington Grown. Um, you guys know Pacific Northwest will always have my heart and it will always be a place where I will consider home, even though I am in Tennessee now. Um, and so I am part of Washington Grown season 10 that is airing right now every Tuesday at 9 Central Time, 9 p.m. Central Time, 7 Pacific Standard, Pacific North, P, whatever that is, <laughs> Pacific Standard Time. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. Um, and so in this episode or in this series from Washington Grown, it is basically what they say. It is about producers, farmers, cooks, chefs, people, just like everything that they grow in Washington State. Um, Uh, the stories behind it, the stories behind the farmers, how things grow there, why it's a really great area for some of the crops that they do grow there, and ways to utilize those crops in your kitchen. Now, obviously, this show is targeted for the Pacific Northwest, but I find it very fun to know about different regions, different states, different areas, what they grow, how they harvest, what they're known for. And this also, we share recipes and fun things on there. So truly, this is something that anyone can glean from and learn from and can find fascinating, truly. So this is in partnership with them. And so today we're really leaning into the winter garden prep. Right now, especially, I feel like we we can all kind of go through a winter slump. I was Um, The other day, I was having kind of a complete meltdown, which I'm emotional being, so this happens very frequently with me, but I have my ups and downs, and I was just feeling kind of like the end of the world. I mean, you know how we all just have those days where we're just drama-filled, and everything sets us off, and I was just in a mood, and I had to kind of like remind myself, wait, I'm not crazy. I'm not losing my mind. It is January. And we have those January blues right now that really play with our emotions. You know, we want to be outside. It's so cold out there. We're going through a bunch of cold right now here in Tennessee. It's nothing like at home. 
it's like I think Washington State is or our side, the eastern side, is getting hit with one of the hardest winters they've had in a long time there. So they're covered with snow on the daily. Um, and we all just are kind of facing that uh, anticipation for spring and frustration with our current situations. So to help with that, we're going to talk about things that we can do right now to get us through these months and so we can have an exciting and fruitful spring and summer. So to start things off, let's begin with the first task, which would be to go through seeds, organize, toss, and purchase. Um, I did a really in-depth seed, what I purchased for this year in last week's episode, and I also delve into the different types of seeds that there are available and all the goodness that goes along with starting seeds versus using starts and nursery versus buying online. So make sure you hit that episode if you have questions about that, or even if you don't, there still is a lot to learn and glean from there. Um, And so with that, we want to go through our seeds now organize the seeds decide what you really want to grow this year maybe what worked really well last year maybe you didn't grow enough of you weren't able to harvest enough of so you need to plant more this year really decide what you need and then go ahead and place an order for those and also toss seeds seeds lose germination fairly quickly about year three they're kind of a waste of time to do they're just there's not going to be a high germination rate and you don't want to spend time trying to grow these seeds when your yield is going to be very few so you're going to toss any seeds over three years old and um and add that to the list if you need to purchase new ones or maybe you know they're old because you didn't use them or your family didn't enjoy that specific crop and so it's not something that you do need to replace so really evaluating you know i think a lot of times we get excited as especially new gardeners you know we're having a new garden we want to try to grow all the things but i think after a few years you really lean into okay i don't actually need to grow all this stuff because my family doesn't enjoy eating all this and so I'm going to concentrate my efforts on the few things that I know they are really really going to enjoy um, that I know we eat a lot of and we're going to stick with that and so it just streamlines it and makes it easier for you as a gardener and the and then you're able to use your harvest unless goes bad so um, we're going to do all that organize toss purchase I have an organizing kit that I will again link here I linked it last episode too but I absolutely love it it's how I organize all my seeds and I alphabetize them and Uh, I love to organize and so it just makes it so much easier for my brain and I can see everything right when I open up the container I know everything I have I can pop open each one see how many seeds I have left and what I need to order and it just helps so much with um, not purchasing things that I no longer need now the second thing we're going to talk about is planting garlic and other bulbs now typically you should plant your garlic at the beginning of winter or very very late fall it depends on your zone so for us they sent the garlic when we were supposed to plant it so they sent our garlic mid November I did not get it planted I honestly it's not even planted right now Um, it should have been for sure but I just have not had the time and I haven't had the area I need to um, close off an area that the, that the chickens and all the birds can't get into because they'll just dig it up and ruin it and kill it. And I just have not done that yet. And I also have been leery to plant because I guess I just need to try it and just see how it works out. But Tennessee, we have such extreme colds. Like Tom, we were at, I think, negative 17 in December with the windshield to 60 something degrees the other day. And so I'm just so afraid my garlic will get confused. But Um, you know, it's been around for a long time. It knows what it's doing. So I just need to get in the ground. Now, 
yes, I can still plant it right now. The only issue that I'm going to have is my bulbs, my yield will probably be smaller. So it won't get the big, huge bulbs because it has not been in the ground as long. And that's just something that I'm aware of and is fine. I would rather have some harvest than none at all. So next year I'll try to get it in the ground on time. But if you have any other bulbs, I went through and I planted um, tons of different uh, spring flowers that, again, I probably could have planted before, but some of them did have issues and shouldn't have frost. And so um, you just have to look at them, read the instructions, and then decide when it's best for you to do that. And so a lot of the bulb planting can be done um, in the early part of the year. And so that is number two. From there, we're going to do number three, which is garden cleanup. My garden is an absolute disaster right now. I typically like to leave, I just kind of like to leave it messy in the fall. I love to see the birds clean up. We have um, red cardinals here and they're just so glorious in all their splendor. It's completely brown outside right now and they're so, the males are such a bright red color and they land in the garden and they're out there um, picking the okra seeds out of the dried okra plants and they're all over the garden looking at the gourds, all different kinds of things just really scavenging in there and um, it also there's a lot of native bees use the hollowed out stems of plants that you've had in your garden to hibernate over winter time and so I just kind of let it go in the in the fall and winter and I let it be I don't clean up I know that's gonna get messy it's gonna get muddy it's gonna get gross and we're gonna have to do kind of a reclean in the spring anyhow and so that's just how I've done it the last few years um, I just kind of let it be messy and glorious and just kind of to itself and so but with spring coming here probably i'm going to get out there i would say about mid mid february and i'm going to try really hard to um, start cleaning it up depending on where you are in your garden journey it may just be tidying up your beds that are already established and prepping yourself for the next year for us um, we so i said before that Last year's first garden in Tennessee was kind of an experimental garden. I basically just like made raised beds by pushing mounds of dirt up and I had no sides to them. We had just um, some T-posts put in the side, some metal T-posts and some plastic fencing put around. It was just very rudimentary, very basic, just to see um, if I wanted to prove to myself I could grow things and what I could grow and what worked really well. and any kind of issues I ran into was like my test garden. And so this year we want to put in some actual raised beds. And to do that, we're going to, we have most of our properties treed and fencing is so expensive anyhow that what we're going to do is for the fencing and for the sides of the raised garden beds, we're just going to go into our forest. We have a lot of really long pulled trees and we are going to remove them anyhow because they're in what is going to be our pasture one day. And so we're going to use those for the fencing and for the raised beds. And so we are really excited to kind of have a kill two birds with one stone as far as clear out some pasture area and also utilize those trees on our property in a different way so that they are performing a function for us and we are reducing cost from going to the store and purchasing so much because we would be out thousands of dollars for the fencing that we want to create. We want to kind of fence off the front of our property, fence around the two gardens that I have, my two large gardens from the deer and from the chickens and everything else, and also to make the raised beds. And so there's a lot of work we have to do this year to make our garden how we want, our gardens how we want. I have my canning garden and We've kind of talked about that last week, all the different kind of uh, my different garden sections and what they're going to be utilized for. And so our <laughs> prep is going to be, I think, more than the standard prep, but give yourself room for that. So if it's just, you know, you have a weekend where you clean things up, schedule that out if you can. 
if it's a multi-weekend project like what we have going on, try to fit that in too because you do not want to be doing those projects when you should be planting because that's just going to kind of put you behind. And from there, we're going to move on to the next one. I don't even know what number this is now, so I'm going to stop saying numbers. Um, we're going to be talking about pruning trees and vines. So winter is a great time to prune fruit trees, roses, grapes, all those kind of things because it's less stress on the plants because they are dormant plants or trees. And it also... Um, cuts down on the chance of pathogens or infections getting into the cut. It's also really good to sterilize your equipment per individual tree as you're doing it um, because you don't want to pass on. There's so many different things that trees can get, issues they can have, and so you want to minimize that and clean each of your utensils, whether it's burning it, dipping it in alcohol, something so that you're not passing things along to your trees. It's also a good time to do spraying, depending on what kind of treatment, whether organic or commercial, whatever you're doing to your trees is a good time to start spraying it so that you don't have the bugs, all the um, pests and different things, the um, molds, bacterias, so many different things um, can get into your tree and cause issues. And so you really want to, um, at the beginning of the year, do a lot of preventative so that you don't have to do like war with some sort of issue that has come into your tree. You just kind of pre-treat so you don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. The next up from there, I feel like we're just clipping right along today. Um, cleaning and inspecting garden tools, sharpening, purchasing new if needed. I mean, all of us know the, it, the like you're in the middle of the garden and you need something and you turn around and it's not there and you can't find it or you've been using your pruning shears for years and they are not cutting anymore and it's so frustrating and annoying and it can make the job so much um, longer because you just have inefficient tools. And so it's just really, really good to go through, um, sharpen your tools if you know how. There's YouTube videos on, there's different things you can do to sharpen a lot of the pruning shears and stuff fairly easily. Um, I always just give them to my husband and he goes through and he sharpens them. And oh my gosh, a fresh, like a fresh shears in your garden is just the best. It's so efficient. And so just kind of go through all that organized dump out. I have it all in like this um, canvas bag. I dump the bag out, shake it all, all the gross dead bugs and dirt and everything from the previous year, kind of reorganize and um, then purchase, especially new garden gloves. I go through garden gloves because I, I have longer nails. I enjoy my long nails. And so they poke through the gloves so easily. So I just get a ton of garden gloves. I usually actually have my husband even purchase them when he's at the store and I just have a pack and I'll use them a few for a few weeks and even if, and then I will toss them out and get new ones. Um, from there, we go through year in review. And so none of these are in specific order, you guys. Just as you see fit, write these down and just kind of go through it. I love to do a year in review as far as like what worked last year, what didn't work, what areas did maybe not get as much light. And so you need to kind of rotate your crops. Um, what's sun mapping is a really good idea. So it's just basically looking at your garden area from the very beginning of the day, as soon as the sun rises, where is it hitting in your garden? Where is it not? Where do you have more shade? And then after you have kind of a map of where the sun hits, I'm mapping out like, okay, maybe I should put some hostas over here or maybe my lettuce so it doesn't get the full like um, harsh afternoon sun and just wilts the crap out of it, you know? So what works best in a different area? And then also we are rotating our crops every year. We're making sure that we plant things in the different beds, not in the same bed over and over again that, um, it's just, it's, there's so much science behind it, but it is good to rotate crops. They do better not being in the same spot every single year. 
Um, and then again, planning for spring. And so we're, we've already talked about that. You sit down, you take your seeds, you kind of map out what you want to do. Maybe you want to change the garden around a little bit. Maybe you want to add more space, or maybe you see a different section where you could plant something else that maybe isn't even in your garden. Maybe you've ran out of room in your garden or um, wherever you're planting things at. And you're like, oh, okay, well, I need this and I didn't have enough. So I'm going to look around my house and maybe I can, by the steps, I can make a little... Um, a little garden bed lining the pathway up to my house and instead of planting flowers there I can plant additional cabbage or something else you just have to really get creative and utilize all the space that you have there's nothing that says you have to have a traditional garden with things in the traditional areas that someone would assume they would be at um, and so that's just kind of just play with that walk around your yard take your coffee in the morning just stare out your window and kind of evaluate how you want your garden to look and feel this year feel is I mean I do a lot of things by how I want to feel when I'm in my garden and I structure it that way because it's not just a place where I'm gathering harvest. It's a place that is a huge section of my lawn, a huge section of the house, a huge section of my life in the summertime is spent in this area. And I want to be um, not only something where I can harvest a good harvest, but I can also just really enjoy being in that area. Um, and then lastly, I have... Um, read about it, which just to me means take this time and really lean into learning some new skills in the garden or learning about the plants or taking a course, maybe an herbalism course or something to where you are growing. And it doesn't even have to be garden related, truthfully, just learning, like take something that maybe you've always wanted to do, but you just haven't had time. And it's such a boring time of year anyhow, or a frustrating time. Honestly, like it's still really busy here, but yet I'm still find myself being anxious because I'm not busy doing the things that I really want to be doing. Um, it's a lot of other stuff that has to be done, but it's not as fun. Um, but carve out some time to do something that you really enjoy. And for me, that is reading, that is taking courses, that's learning educational material that um, just kind of furthers and helps me to be more proficient in the garden and knowledgeable about the things that I'm growing. And so that's just really, something to all these things are things that you can sprinkle throughout your January and February you know it doesn't have to take up all your time truthfully but just carve out moments in the week where you focus on these few things so that um, when spring comes you are ready and even right now you can start planting um like I'm going to actually start planting my onion seeds. I'm doing onion from seed this year. They start the germination period and the growth time um, before transplant is quite a bit for onions. And you can also, depending on where you are, the zone you're in, cabbage right now is something you can start maybe doing indoors, um, lettuce, things like that, that we can't grow those in the hot summer months here because the, the heat is just too extreme. So those are something that we can do a crop of in the um, late winter, early spring. And then again, in the late fall, early winter time, um, we can do those kind of crops so just you know see what zone you're in when you can start doing things and start some stuff you know I don't have a grow room I don't have a greenhouse but I do have my dining room that has tons of floor-to-ceiling windows the whole length across I could if I wanted to get some heat mats I don't think that's something I'm going to utilize though I'm just going to put them on our kitchen table is going to become my grow zone and I'm going to use that for the next few months and we're just going to eat at the kitchen counter or in the living room. And that's just how it's going to be right now because that's the situation that we're in. That's the um, spot that's available to me at this moment in time. And so it might be messy sometimes. Gardening is messy. Life is messy. Homesteading is messy. And so it's just realizing that this is a moment in time. This is something that we're developing. We're, it's not always going to be this way. But if I want the crop that I do, 
then I have to do some things that may not be comfortable right now, but necessary. So um, that is it for this week. I honestly, I have written down what I'm gonna talk about next week, but it's not coming to me at the moment. So you're just gonna have to tune back in and see what I have to chat about next Wednesday. And until then, friends, um, have an enjoyable and happy week. And I hope that this helps you to um, kind of keep some of those winter blues at bay.